Number five of five um, about the cross of Jesus. If, um, if you're someone who speaks from the Bible, then um, the cross is a wonderful um, subject to speak on and prepare. And it's, it's been a wonderful series, I hope you'll agree. Um, and now we come to this idea of the power to live differently. Well, this is a, more than a couple, actually, of years ago now, uh, when I got my first wheels. <laughs> now, this is one of my earliest memories, actually. And I can remember that little tractor. It had a trailer as well. I could go around the garden, put things in it. I spent hours parking it and riding it around the garden. But do you know what? I can also remember... I can also remember thinking about and seeing and knowing about bikes. Because bikes seemed just a whole lot better. You could go faster for a start. You could do more on them. You could go further. And so although I loved this little uh, tractor, I really looked around and thought, well, bikes were better. And I wonder if, as we trying to click on there, as we look at life and as we look at perhaps the cross and think of the power, which over the last few weeks we've We've seen the power is there to reconcile, to bring people back to God, to actually rescue us from what is going to be a certain death. And not just that, but to actually restore us to our original position in creation of being with God. And as we look around, perhaps the, the world we might see, well, perhaps a bit of that is needed. We might even look at our own country in its particular state and think, yeah, actually a bit of reconciliation, rescuing and restoring, that would go down pretty well. What about Southampton? Or even this very church? Or even in our own family? Or our very own life, our individual life. Well, I titled this slide, Not Change, Exchange, because that's what I really want to talk about um, from Romans 6 this morning. And we're going to read this passage amongst uh, a couple of others as well and see where it leads us. But I'd like you to look out for this idea of not change, but exchange. And the one to look out for in this is dead to sin and alive in Christ. So let's have a look at um, Romans 6. If you've got um, one of these, then I make it page 1132. What shall we say then? 
Shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? By all means, then God will be able to splay all the more grace. Oh, no, hold on. That's not what it says. By no means. By no means. We are those who have died to sin. Now, remember, Paul is writing to some people in Rome who have supposedly given their lives to Christ. What must they have been asking if he's got to say, look, um, no, we're not supposed to carry on sinning. And he goes on to explain further. Or, verse 3, don't you know that all of us who were baptised into Christ Jesus were baptised into his death? We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. For if we have been united with him in a death like his, we will certainly also be united with him in a resurrection like his. For we know that our old self was crucified with him, so that the body ruled by sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin, because anyone who has died has been set free from sin. Now, if we died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. For we know that since Christ was raised from the dead, he cannot die again. Death no longer has mastery over him. So there's this parallel here. Sin and death, they go together. Resurrection and life, they go together. There's an exchange. The death he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. Well, that's okay for Jesus. <laughs> he did all that stuff. Obviously, um, we're not going to do that, are we? Verse 11. In the same way, ah, perhaps we are. Count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body so that you obey its evil desires. Do not offer any part of yourself to sin as an instrument of wickedness, but rather offer yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life and offer every part of yourself to him as an instrument of righteousness. For sin shall no longer be your master because you are not under the law, but under grace. So we essentially have been crucified with Christ and the picture of that is of baptism. And we've seen that recently, haven't we? A couple of weeks ago, you effectively go down under the water. It's like a death. And then you are raised like a life. 
And this power then that we want to live differently or we need to live differently, it comes from the grace of God. That is very clear from this passage. And not from our own efforts. You might think about the fruits of the Holy Spirit or the fruits of the Spirit. They're not the fruits of our efforts. This is from God. We're dead to sin, alive in Christ. Well, you might say, it doesn't happen. We don't see that. Or you might see it in someone, but not in someone else. You might desire that for your own life, but you don't see it. Why might that be? Just have a look at those three things. We'll just spend a minute looking at those. I will read them out for the benefit of the um, people listening online. But you just go ahead and have a, have a think about those three. So the slide says we do not know about it. We carry on in sin, unexchanged. Or we misunderstand it. We think more sin means more grace, hence more power. Or we don't offer ourselves to God. We offer ourselves to other things. Wow. I'd like you for a moment to just imagine your life is a bike. It's not a perfect analogy, I know. But with this life, you might want to go places, do things, 
Maybe you might even want to go places and do amazing things for God. So let's say I'd like to do that. I've got this life that I was born with. I just need the bike. So if I was going up that uh, particular part in Scotland, I've got this. Now, it does need perhaps a bit of a change. Um, some brakes probably quite useful, but um, maybe some gears. Um, I could keep making little changes and modifications to this, but it will always be useless for the job. It will not do it. Little tinkering, tinkering around, little changes, maybe even big changes. You can see it's not going to work. I will not be able to do that. What I actually need is not a change. I need an exchange. That little bike, great as it might be for certain things, I was wondering whether I should ride down here, but <laughs> I thought it might put your life in danger, John, so I didn't. <laughs> uh, so, now those of you who know anything about mountain biking will know that I couldn't do it on this one either, but that's not the point. <laughs> I mean, it is pretty light, but um, it's, yeah. But the thing is, the life that we have doesn't do the job with this power. There's no point trying to change it in our own strength, make little changes. I'm afraid it's not good, it won't work. We need a complete exchange. Now, did Paul really say that? Did he really think that? I thought taking just one passage might not be conclusive. Let's look at 2 Corinthians 5. Now, we have been here before in several of the other talks, but I don't think that's any reason not to go there again. So we will skip a few pages to 2 Corinthians and chapter 5. Now, I've titled this slide again, not change, exchange. Let's see if that happens here. 2 Corinthians 5, verses 14 to 18. And that's on page 1161. For Christ's love compels us because we are convinced that one died for all and therefore all died and he died for all that those who live should no longer live for themselves but for him who died for them and was raised again so from now on we regard no one from a worldly point of view though we once regarded Christ in this way we do so no longer 
Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone. The new is here. Well, that sounds like an exchange, not a tinkering around and a bit of a, an adjustment. Where does that all come from then? Well, all this is from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. So this exchange idea is here again, and it's God doing it. Now, I've titled this slide, not change, exchange. And this is a passage that you will, I'm sure, be very familiar with. So we're just going in to the next book in the Bible, Galatians. And chapter 2 and verse 20, which is on page 1169. We've been here again in uh, previous weeks. We were actually also here at the start of the service. Galatians 2.20 I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Again, I think that sounds like an exchange. I no longer live. That bike isn't used. This one is. The one God gives. The life God gives. That's the powerful one. Well, those of you uh, that know um, my love of order and mathematics and things like this will uh, realize that words are great and that I would be happy with that to some extent, but really what you need is a diagram. <laughs> and here it is. This is one that I've tried to um, summarize all these things going on. And what it comes down to, if we want this power, if we really want to see it, there are two deaths. One is mentioned or focused on very clearly as the death of Jesus. And that is a once-for-all death. And that pays for our sin. We can accept Jesus as saviour because of what he did on the cross. And if you like, that's the bit that gets me back to God. Me to heaven. Us, we get to enter into the presence of God because of what Jesus did on the cross. That's the power to live eternally. Amazing. You'd think that was enough? Well, Actually, no, it's not. Because there is, I believe, a very definite second side to that. We are united with Christ in his death. 
And Paul talks about this in those passages. He says we've been crucified with Christ. It's like we were baptised into this death. There's a connection. We have to die. And that's not a once-only thing, I don't think. Paul talks about dying daily. There's a die daily idea. It doesn't mean necessarily when the sun comes up. It might just mean periodically. But this is the bit. As we die, we are submitting to Jesus as Lord. And that's the bit that, if you like, brings heaven down to us. I now receive and can have this power. And that... I think, is the power to live differently. Is when we submit to Jesus as Lord. So two deaths. The death of Christ. We can accept him as saviour. And if you haven't accepted Jesus as saviour, then I would say that is the most important consideration that you have right now, is to think about that. But if you have accepted Jesus as saviour, that's not the end, is it? We don't just walk away and carry on sinning so that God can display how wonderful he is through our sinful lives, but we're still going to heaven. That's what Paul was talking about in Romans. No, by no means. We will now submit to Jesus as Lord. We're not going to live anymore. He is going to live through us. It's quite incredible, really. So not change, exchange. We want to see that power. We want to see that power in the world. We want to see that power in our country, our city, the church, our family, our very own life. I think we have to die daily. And again, some of you will have picked up. I did Romans, 2 Corinthians, Galatians. What about 1 Corinthians? Well, there is the reference. 1 Corinthians 15, 31, Paul says, I die daily. It's a struggle. It's difficult. This, this is not something you're going to win today and be free from for the rest of your life. We have to die daily. So as I conclude, I'd like to um, offer a practical suggestion. This is part of a prayer um, that John Stott, I think, wrote and a lot of people have used. And you can think of it as your die daily prayer because in the middle section there, it talks about taking up the cross. And I've had a few of these printed out and I've got a little card with that on that you could just put into your wallet, put up on your mantelpiece, whatever you like to do with it. And I'm going to put these towards the back. And what you might like to do is actually... 
pick up a cross. I'll put it at the back with these, and you can just pick it up and think, yeah, I'm going to take up this, lay down my life, take up a cross, follow Jesus. I'll put it at the back here. Yes, you might get splinters. Yes, you might get dirty. But we're talking about following Jesus. So, there will be a few songs, and if you feel you'd like to just go to the back, pick up the cross, take a card, or just take a card, um, <laughs> that's fine. Or just, I mean, the cross and the card, they're not the important bit, are they, really? But what is important is accepting Jesus as Saviour, submitting to him as Lord.